Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. We are here today taking a dip in the back to waters, the cool, chilling, refreshing back to waters. Hello, David. How are you? How's it going, everybody? Feeling good. All right. And also in the studio or in the back to waters is Raina. Hello, Raina. Hi, everybody. All right. So today we have a lot to get through. I wasn't quite sure. Whether or not we would be able to squeeze in another news discussion before the end of 2020, because we have so much to cover between the Bounty Hunters comic, the Mandalorian, and any other comic books they're throwing at us between now and the end of the year. But we had to make time for this because we have finally been given, David and Raina, something that we have been re- requesting that's a little, that's a nice way to say it. Yes, requesting. Something we've been crying about for three, four years, me especially. Where's the goddamn Star Wars roadmap? Where are we going? <laughs> How do you have a franchise like Star Wars and you have no idea what's next? How can the fans rally behind an idea and get excited? How do you create discussion within a fandom when there are no plans? Since 2012, Dave, there has really been no plans. None. Hey, we're going to do the Skywalker saga plus the movies, possibly. movies, and that was it. Oh, wait a second. We're going to cancel that, but never officially cancel it because we're still waiting on whether or not they're going to continue a Star Wars story films because you realize they've never actually officially told us that they're done with those. That is true. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So we just are basing all of this on rumor. Yeah. Chances are it's it's done. But just the other day on <laughs> December 10th, Lucasfilm gathered around all the big players, the top brass, including Kathleen Kennedy, the Jedi in exile. The the groundhog. The groundhog that's been in hiding. Yes. She also came out to play during Walt Disney Company's Investor Day event, making a spectacle out of pretty much nothing. Like how did Disney has a knack to make the <laughs> the most mundane spectacular? Because they, it, when you put it into context, it was an investor meeting, Mike. An investor meeting. Let's, I have those, <laughs> and they're not fun. And they're not fun. <laughs> but like Disney. Disney had to basically make the, the, the ease the investors worries. 
and I'm, I'm sure many of them were very worried. I mean, the stock dropped so low at one point during the summer that Bob and I just bought tons of shares. Like, hey, listen, this shit's going to go up. It's going to go up soon. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have been nervous. Disney is not doing great right now. You can say on paper, they, they look horrible. To the mainstream, to the masses, they look okay because Disney Plus, Mandalorian's going viral. But on paper, they don't look go- too great. Their no. amusement parks are, uh, one of them is closed. The other one is barely really blipping anything on the radar in terms of making money. So where do you go for these investors? How do you get them excited? How do you calm the waters and let them know, please, please don't sell our stock? Yes, stay with us, investor group. Well, let's release all of our future Lucasfilm projects, as well as Marvel. As well as Marvel. We're not going to focus on that. And we were given a roadmap, Dave. We don't know. We don't have dates, necessarily. We get it. <laughs> That's the best part, too. It's a roadmap, but it has no we dates. We get it. We were le- but listen, I'm going to be positive. I'm at least happy that they gave us a, a general idea. Yeah. For the first time of all the projects they have in the works. And David, are you ready? Oh, I'm Not just ready. one, David and Reyna. Not just two, but ten new Star Wars projects. Ranging from feature films, we did it, and streaming shows, and that's the one thing that had we me giddy it. too was feature films. Yeah, and I will be honest, uh, the feature film news for some reason went under the radar yesterday because of all the other things. Yeah, and I was a little upset. Not gonna lie, I was a little miffed. I was, uh, I was being a Star Wars baby because I'm like, great. With thunderous applause, we have now marginalized <laughs> Star Wars into a TV property like I said they would. You called it. But at least they did announce, and I found later, a couple hours later, I saw the news pertaining to two other feature films that have been confirmed. And that did pacify me. Because as a Star Wars fan, I would hate, and I want to get Reyna's opinion on this, as a, as a moviegoer, a, a mother with kids... But for me, the Star Wars experience will always be theatrical for me. That's what I want. I want the big explosions. And a lot of people don't realize. I know a lot of people are advocating streaming. Oh, it's okay. Streaming's just as good as theaters. Theaters is an old aging dinosaur. But you guys realize when theaters go away, so will the big movies. They're gone. The Star Wars is the Jurassic Parks. The Marvel Avengers, those will not exist. They will cease to exist because they cannot be made or maintained via streaming. It's just, it's impossible. The numbers don't add up. Yeah. In terms of dollars. I mean, it's good. It's good for the audience because, hey, streaming service, they get access to all the, all these franchises and projects. But it should in, be gravy in the, yeah. In the streaming long run, should be gravy in the long run. This is a terrible thing for like the industry itself because so much money is going to be lost and then studios have to adjust. Yeah. And they can't put like $500 million no, budget. Not even a not even a, not even a quarter of that. Yeah. They can't do that, which means they have to actually decrease their budgets, which means actors don't get paid as much. Well, that's okay. They already, it, come on, they're it, not worth it. 
it's like a domino effect. Honestly, that's what I'm waiting for to see like next year. What do the numbers look like for the industry in general? Yeah. And it doesn't look, it, it's not adding up to look good. Yeah. So Raina from a mother of two, I believe, and a family woman of sorts <laughs> and a star Wars super fan. How do you feel about all the streaming versus the movies? Mm, skeptical. I mean, I too am a movie type of woman. Yeah. I mean, when you go to the movies, like you've invested time, you've invested money. Yeah. You put in somewhat of an effort and you are dedicating however many hours that film is going to be to just that film. Me, when I'm at home, there's too much to distract me. Yeah. And so I'm not going to be as focused and probably not my children either. And that can be a very bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Because my son has now been trained for 13 years that he's going to keep his ass in that seat and remain silent during the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't you even move during a movie. But at home, he's all, can we pause it? I got to go shit for 30 minutes. He doesn't say shit, <laughs> but I got to take a poop for 30 minutes or I got to grab some water. You know, so yes, from even that point of view, that's actually a, a very good point. Uh, you, there's a lot more investment of your time within the theater and i it just creates an overall appreciation for the movie experience that much more because it's an experience who wants to just push play on their tv i mean for tv shows that's fine that's fun as well to have something to watch on a friday night or a wednesday night after a hard day's work absolutely but when it comes to star wars i always want there to be some movie on the horizon and luckily there will be at least two new films in the works over the next four to five years. Number one is Rogue Squadron. The next Star Wars feature film will be Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins. Yes, the Patty Jenkins currently in charge of the Wonder Woman franchise. Yep. The story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives. In a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. Okay, so they say the future era. At first, when I heard Rogue Squadron, I was thinking, all right, we're going to get another in-between movie between New Hope and Empire, Empire Empire Return. But that last bit there gives me hope that this is going to be post-Return of the Jedi, which... I'm all about we need to move forward. And when I say move forward, I'm okay with moving forward between the events of Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Because there that's a lot of time there. Yeah, a lot of potential. A lot of, there's a lot of leeway that they can play around with during that time frame. And we don't really know a lot. Even the books that went into those areas, they were very careful and they were very specific to that book in in terms of locale and politics they didn't they didn't paint with with broad brush strokes if you will so they left a lot of room for growth in that area so i'm okay with that plus patty jenkins is an amazing director i'm a big fan of her work on wonder woman at least the first one i still of course have not seen the second film as it has not come out at this time but i have followed her career for a while now she uh, did a tv show last year for i believe tnt that i had reviewed and i had a screeners for 
it was great. I mean, she is a film enthusiast, and that's why I feel like she's a really good pick. Star Wars always needs to be um, helmed by true filmmakers, in my opinion. Star Wars has always been innovative, as we always say. Uh, George Lucas always pushed pushed the boundary of the boundaries of filmmaking and all facets. And yeah. Patty Jenkins is a student of that thought. Like that, she is right there. And that's honestly what me and you have been saying that Star Wars should be focusing on is bringing in that new blood, bringing in those new ideas, new, those new concepts by bringing in new minds into the franchise. And yes, Kathleen Kennedy tried it, tried to do it, but she tried to do it her way. And uh, my um, way. <laughs> and unfortunately, things didn't go quite right. But now we can say with confidence that hopefully they learned from their lessons and now they know what to do, especially with what we've seen the Mandalorians capable of. I have a feeling Patty Jenkins is gonna blow people away. I think so too. I mean, that teaser that teaser trailer they released and with her talking. Yeah. Kind of got me jazzed up for it because it Patty Jenkins does seem to have a passion for this. Well, she said in that little teaser promotional trailer, whatever you want to call that, she had mentioned that her father was a fighter pilot. So she has been around this type of mentality her whole entire life. She understands all of that. And the fact that she's a big Star Wars fan as well. I mean, it's a, it seems like a good pairing. It does. And I mean, like when you compare this series to what, how they, because unfortunately when I see the rogue squadron, when I first saw it, I immediately thought star Wars resistance. Mm, I was thinking that too. Right. I, yeah. I was but, worried. <laughs> yes. But here's you the think thing. Kaz will be in this. <laughs> Hopefully not. Oh, the screaming, screaming and the falling. falling. Ah! <laughs> can, can I treat you for a hamburger? Oh, okay. If, if Kaz is in this, I quit life. <laughs> but here's the thing. Patty Jenkins might actually make him usable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. But like with but he, this, unless this takes place post Rise of Skywalker, there's no way he could be in it. <laughs> Let's uh, cross never our fingers. say never. <laughs> but when it comes to actually the creative minds behind the series, I have more confidence in Patty Jenkins than because... Than the next one? Yeah. Than the next director we're about to talk about in a second? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next feature film. Hey, and Raina, if you have thoughts on these, please just jump in. You're not going to step I on know. our toes. The next big director for... The next big feature film, I should say, is the untitled Takeda Watiti film. <laughs> Taco White Titty. Yeah. Hakuna Matati. A brand new Star Wars feature with acclaimed filmmaker and Academy Award winner. How do you say his name? Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. You know what? It's a made up name anyway. It's not even his name. So I don't really care if I get it right. So it's in development. Uh, Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique, said Kennedy. His enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure that audiences are in for an unforgettable ride. I'm gonna, enormous talent, huh? Yeah. I'm going to have an open mind when it comes to this movie. Yeah. But honestly, I'm not. I don't have a lot of expectations. I don't think it's going to suck. But Taika, I just don't think is that great. I, 
in terms of comedy, he's fine. Yes. You guys just yeah. talked kind of good about him on the most the last BACTA episode when you're talking about some of the um, Mandalorian episodes yeah, that he, he was did, involved with. He, he, he did he surprised fine. you. He, he, he did. He did surprise us. The, the and it thing says is, it's going to be fresh and unexpected, meaning it's probably not going to be a comedy. If it's not written by him, I think my I will rest easy. If it's written and directed by him, I will be a little concerned. If it's just <laughs> simply directed, then he'll probably do a good job because he has a very creative eye. Yes, he absolutely does. You would be an idiot to say he doesn't. He does. He's done great work, but he's not the greatest of writing at writing when it comes to certain things. I mean, look at Thor. Thor Ragnarok was garbage. I don't care what people think. If you really if you fucking sort through that movie, there is no fucking story. It's just joke after joke after joke. And I would not want that because in Star Wars, because that's his strength, honestly. And unfortunately, with with Thor Ragnarok, I wanted a superhero movie. I no, didn't you want got a, was a body film. cop film, a body cop film. But like with Star Wars, now I want to I want to preface this by asking you, Mike. Oh, asking me as an interview? No, no. You should have told me. I would have been You're, more prepared. Because I've kind of softened on this idea: a Star Wars comedy movie. I don't want that. I don't want that either. Okay. Because here's the thing. I've started softening on that, on, on that notion because I was like you star Wars comedy movie makes no sense. But then I started thinking you say about a cockney movie or, or a comedy. Comedy. Cause that would be pretty good. <laughs> cockney. Hello. But if you think about it, <laughs> now me and you just covered <laughs> me and you just covered projects. Say like directed by guy Ritchie. <laughs> oh my God. That would be off. That would be really weird. <laughs> But Go like, ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. But w- me and you just covered a lesser known project with the Lego Star Wars right. uh, film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's made for humor's sake. Right. It is. There's nothing really you can't take it seriously. Now, if Taika was to actually take that approach, like the, how the Lego, how the Lego uh, writers do with Star Wars, could it work? I mean, theoretically, anything can work, but if it can work and entertain people, is that really what we want, though, for a Star Wars film? Because anything can be entertaining. Mm -hmm. I will be the first one to say that even though Thor Ragnarok was not academically pleasing in any way, it was entertaining. But I don't really go see movies to just get a bunch of one-liners and silly jokes. That's not... that's not really what I want to spend my money on. Yeah. So yeah, sure. He can do it. Look at Chris Miller and Phil Lord though. I don't even think they want star Wars to be that. Cause if you remember Phil, uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord got fired off solo because the entire thing was turning into a comedy. Yes. Now there's nothing wrong with humor. Humor is great. Humor's always been included within star Wars, but you gotta, you gotta walk that line. And Again, if Taika is not writing and directing, which personally I think that's a mistake for these big budget films. I think you should have members closely associated to the Lucasfilm story group. Yeah. Should be the ones doling out story ideas or the director should go to the Lucasfilm story group and say, 
This is what I want to do. This is my story. This is how I want it to go. Am I going to be walking on eggshells if I choose this area? Is there things that I, I run the risk of destroying in terms of canon? I think there needs to be a respect there. Otherwise, we're going to have issues like we had with Solo and issues that we had with The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. We need to get directors who are willing to play within the Lucasfilm sandbox and abide by tones and themes that have been set up. Otherwise, we'll get things that don't fit or feel right. You know how you have an actor that does mostly comedy and then they get into a, you know, serious role and you're like, there's no fucking way they're going to do this. And it's hit or miss. Sometimes they do great. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do terrible. The ones that do great, you're fucking impressed with them. So I love Taika's comedy. I've seen quite a few of his projects and I think they're great. I don't want comedy in Star Wars. So I would be super impressed if he takes it serious and keeps the normal tone of Star Wars. Then I'll be like, this man can do everything. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I agree. He, I do think he's a talent. And I, and I know I've gotten to these arguments with people on social media when we, we did something on Critique Revolve a while back. I want to say a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I, I would be just stupid to say he's not talented. He's very, he's very, talented. very talented. But no one's, no one's the perfect director you know yeah. a perfect filmmaker well he's talented because... to a specific genre though exactly and the problem is listen i love quentin tarantino but if they were to say that he's gonna direct a star wars film i would be a little hesitant <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> gonna get real dark <laughs> exactly or like if they were say like even say someone like heck let's say christopher nolan yeah his style would not work in Star Wars. Just wouldn't. Just depends, though. I mean, he does have a serious tone, but yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see. This Taika picture, I, I'm just happy. You know, it may sound like I'm getting negative. I'm not. I'm actually happy that they are officially moving forward. Definitely moving forward with two Star Wars films. That's all I wanted. Yes. More than nine streaming shows. At least we are getting Star Wars movies as well. That's all I request. If you if you play the tapes back for the last two years, how many times have I said that? (laughs) Numerous times. And I actually got what I wanted. So I'm very happy. And I also got streaming shows as well, Dave, because it's been officially confirmed again. I say officially because we already heard this a while while back back. that we are going to be seeing Ewan McGregor reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. But we did get a little bit more information on this. And this is the part that was more or less the news. Now, officially titled Obi-Wan Kenobi for Disney Plus, the series begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where he faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker. Now, this series will be directed. I'm assuming they're just going to have one director, which is a big no-no, but okay, whatever. One director, uh, Deborah Chow. Well, I guess, is that it? Like, since when is the TV? How do you... Uh, I well, get because so annoyed. I, this, I know. Is, this is considered a mini-series almost. Okay. It's I, okay. That is something new. We did not hear. You're right. This is called an event series, right? This an will not series. be ongoing. Yes. 
it's almost a mini series. It's it's yes, essentially should. it should have been a film feature, except they decided, no, nah, let's break it up into episodes. Yeah. And when we me and me and you first covered this, that was the one thing I was kind of confused with is like, how is this going to separate itself from, say, Mandalorian? If Deborah Chow can wow me, and she has after one episode, I'll be fine. But I, I, I just she's wowed us in the Mandalorian, but she wasn't the writer. I feel like with TV shows, look at the Mandalorian and how every episode that deviates from John Favaro gets better and better. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Especially this week's yeah. past episode, <laughs> you need to have a writing room when you're talking about TV shows. You have to. So I will wait uh, to. I'll reserve my judgment until we get more information. We're still in the early stages. I will say that having. Uh, Hayden Christensen come back to play Anakin. That is really exciting. I think that's the biggest news. Absolutely. Everything for the Obi-Wan series, because like, dude, how, when they first actually mentioned this and then said, this takes place 10 years after revenge of the Sith. Well, Dave, I thought about that. Like, how is this going to work? Because if you remember, we just always assumed We've always just assumed that Darth Vader never saw Obi-Wan again after the events of Mustafar. We just assumed even a new hope when Darth Vader says, I sense a presence I have not felt in. And he stops for all we know. It could be a presence he felt last week. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. That'd be horrible. (laughs) The good thing is, is that we have room there now to play. Yeah. Now we also know that this can't take place on Tatooine, like a lot of people had thought. It would feel really weird if there's some type of confrontation between Vader and Obi-Wan. We're also assuming there's going to be a confrontation. I have to think that they're going to their paths are going to cross in some way. Otherwise, they, they have why to. have Vader in it? Exactly. My why have Vader? Is, in how it? is Hayden Christensen going to be depicted as Vader? Like is full-blown costume does vader at times not wear mask i know i've seen him without a mask not very good looking yeah <laughs> we'll probably get something like that right now we'll probably get something like the mandalorian where they'll find excuses to take the mask off possibly when he's in his meditation chamber we'll get moments like that i'm sure they'll find a way to show his face yeah they, my uh, next that's the thing. thing about this is um didn't hayden christensen and Ewan McGregor, didn't they both leave acting because of Star Wars? The fans? Um, okay, so Ewan became an alcoholic after <laughs> yeah, Phantom Menace. Yeah, but I, I remember that. He, I don't think he ever quit acting officially. Well, yeah, uh, not officially. Hayden did retire. Hayden did retire. He retired. But I guess, hey, listen, when you're offering millions of dollars, what retirement? I never I'm retired. all for this. So Yeah, I'm... I'm excited as well because the, there's so much potential there. They can really do a lot and really craft and put together a very personal story. If I mean, you got you think about this, I, I, I'm surprised we've never thought about this before. Why would Anakin just say, eh, Obi-Wan left. All right, that's it. Peace out. <laughs> would he not search for him and want revenge? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Would he not want to have questions answered? How many questions does he have at the end of Revenge of the Sith? Can you imagine how many questions he has? What happened to me? Exactly. What happened to Padme? I know Palpatine lied to him, and I know in the comic books he he figures that out. 
But there's a lot of time there. A lot of questions going through his mind. It would make sense that he would want to seek out Obi-Wan. There's no proof that he ever died. Yeah, because like, especially the way that their confrontation ended, he is not about to just simply forget about Obi-Wan and move on. Obi-Wan left him to burn. And the last images of Anakin is him screaming, I hate you. Yeah. God, dude, he's, still not gonna, he's not going to, he's not going to give that up. I love that scene. That dude. scene is powerful. So dude. fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it's so, so powerful. It's so awesome yeah. because like that puts Vader really in a nutshell at that point that he is just filled with rage and anger yeah. at, at Obi-Wan. And I'm like, like, he wouldn't just simply let him go, especially when he gets fully engrossed into that suit. It would make he sense. He would go hunting. It would absolutely make sense that he would form some type of search for Obi-Wan. At least, at least keep his ear to the, the street. I mean, we know that he put together his own force to help hunt down Jedi, the Inquisitors. Yeah. So maybe we're even going to get into that a bit with the Inquisitors. There's a lot they can do. There's Dave, a lot. And that's why I'm really, really excited. As funny as it sounds, I'm really excited to see what they do with the, what, what they do creatively dancing around tattooing because Vader cannot show up on tattooing. Yeah. You also have to remember that they can move around a lot within the solo time frame. They can, I don't, I'm not quite sure chronologically how that will play out. But they can also delve into what Maul's doing at this time with uh, with Crimson Dawn. There is so much they can weave into this series that will help even out the overall bigger Star Wars story. And that's the thing about all these series that I'm really psyched about. When they mention that all of these titles, or a majority of them, not all of them, but a majority of them deal in the same time period together it's As smart. the Mandalorian. They're going to be true spinoffs of each other. And they're going to yeah. be true spinoffs. And basically a, co- uh, a couple of friends of mine were saying, can you imagine that the you can see all these series interconnect and basically con- uh, and cross over? We could get something much more substantial than even so- that even more so than what Kim Feige did with Marvel. Yeah. Where every single movie tied into each other in just a little way to make the universe look humongous yeah you're dealing with 11 movies of star wars yeah there's a lot they can do and that takes us to our next announcement which is the brand new ahsoka streaming service or streaming show (laughs) ahsoka streaming Streaming service service. (laughs) it's ahsoka every day all day that's called only fans oh wow i was oh my god he read my mind (laughs) describe to that Um, All right, so after making her long-awaited live-action debut in The Mandalorian, Ahsoka Tano's story, this is the key here, written by Dave Filoni. Come on, Mike. If they didn't say it was Dave Filoni, I'd be thinking something's wrong. There would be riots. (laughs) There'd be riots. This is led by Dave Filoni. This is Dave Filoni's crowning achievement. This is his gift to Star Wars, is Ahsoka. It really is. Yes, he's done so much more. But if you had to say, what will Dave Filoni be leave behind his legacy? If he were to retire right now, it would be the journey of Ahsoka. Yeah, because uh, he carried the torch. I wouldn't want to see anyone else write for Ahsoka at this point. That's why I was super happy during the Mandalorian episode. That first thing you saw was Dave Filoni wrote the episode. I'm like, he better fucking have wrote that episode, dude. 
fucking tell Favreau to take a break. Yeah. Like, sit down, dude. I know you want to write everything. Calm down, bro. This is, this is me. <laughs> this is all. This is mine now. Yeah. So Dave Filoni is writing the series and it will continue in a limited series. And it will be starring Rosario Dawson and it will be executive produced by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. So I'm assuming they're going to be working together as showrunners. Most likely, yes. Which Just like fine. what they do with Mandalorian. Yeah, which is fine. Well, John Favreau is the showrunner. Dave Filoni is just an executive producer. Whereas with this, they could be co-showrunners together. Or they could be swapping They could be swapping positions. That's how I see it. They're they're probably going to swap positions with Filoni taking more of the creative control of the series, much like how Favreau has creative control over Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I like that because that, that causes a really good symmetry and, and, and continuity theme wise, because you have two creators working together from two separate series. Also, they're going to help each other get better. Like there's things Dave Filoni can learn from John Favreau. And there's a lot of things that John Favreau can learn from Dave Filoni and the way of writing and being more nuanced in your approach to scripting out a TV show. And if they keep working together, like obviously they will be for the foreseeable future, they're just going to get better, period. Um, Now, the next one, which is just as exciting, is Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic. Now, the reason why I'm excited for this, when I first saw the title, I was like, okay, this could be interesting. But these two series, Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic, are within the exact same timeline of the Mandalorian. Yes. And they're considered direct spinoffs. And they will also be Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic will also be executive produced by John Favreau and Dave Filoni and will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climatic climactic story event. So they're going to be working these three series. Rangers, Ahsoka, and Mandalorian side by side. Yep. To get to a bigger story. And I think we've we've already gotten hints of the Rangers of the New Republic. With yeah, Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Yeah. And I think that she that character is probably going to move over into that series. It, well, if she can't control her Twitter account, she may end up getting fired. <laughs> she might get fired. Which is sad because I've started to really like Cara Dune. She I listen, I like her. And it took me a while to get used to her acting style, but I finally have have gotten adjusted to it and I'm okay with her. I actually like her quite a bit, but, and I'm hoping Disney getting on a side topic here. I'm hoping Disney doesn't fire her for having an opinion. I mean, you are allowed to have an opinion that's not necessarily aligned with the majority of Hollywood. And if they were to fire her, I hope people fucking riot. It would be a and bad turn person, on man. Disney and say shame on you for silencing someone who has just a different opinion, not a controversial opinion, not a uh, opinion that um, that uh, that's an opinion of hate or anything like that. It's just hey, I just have different opinions, different opinions. Which that's is people okay. that are whining are hilarious too. Like I read a tweet and one guy was like, oh my God, if I have to watch The Mandalorian knowing that blah, blah, blah. And it was just a total wine post. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, you should read the comments from the one. She posted something the other day about vaccines, kind of making fun of the vaccine and for COVID. And the comments are, I hope Disney fires you for this comment. (laughs) Disney, if you don't fire her, I'm... 
I am canceling my Disney subscription. Just numerous people. I'm like, how fucking entitled are these people uh, yeah. nowadays where if someone says something you don't like, that's not offensive, by the way. She's not insulting anyone. She's just tweeting out thoughts. No different than anyone else. And because you don't like her thoughts, you want her removed. You want her livelihood thrown in the garbage. Imagine if someone were to do that to you, loser on Twitter. Hey, listen, I don't like what you're saying, so I'm going to go to your boss and I'm going to demand that you get fired. And, and then they fire Karens. you. What's that? Bunch of Karens. Yeah. Imagine if someone were to do that to these people and they get fired and they have no way to support themselves because they have no job. That's the type of shit you're doing to people. Well, you know, Mike. For no I, reason. Just keep your mouth shut, people. Like, let someone have some thoughts. I'd look at them and go, you know, that's not the Jedi way. <laughs> oh, thank you, David. Um, I'm going to say that these three shows, Ahsoka, um, Rangers of the New Republic and The Mandalorian intersecting, it's cool. It's a good idea. But people like me, I get lost pretty easily. I mean, do I don't know if you guys watched any of the Arrowverse on CW? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But that's also that's also written real shitty. though. (laughs) I will agree to that. And look at they. I'm going to guess that hope that they have better writing. They obviously have better uh, leadership involved with this. So there's hope. (laughs) Doesn't mean I'm not going to get confused. It's like, well, why is this happening? Oh, well, did you watch episode such and such of this? We'll see if you watch that first and then go back three episodes to this. And I hated that. And that's that's the thing they have to be careful with. Yeah, they well, they really do. I mean, it's great to have crossovers. Isn't that? Yes, it is. I think they're going to assume that if you're subscribed to Disney Plus and you're watching Star Wars, you're probably going to be watching all of it. Yeah. This isn't like, because Reyna does bring up a good point. You can get confused with things. Now, I'm sure the show will find a way to stand on their own. Absolutely. Each of these shows. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think they need Okay, so the way the CW did their their shows and their crossovers, they were simply using these crossovers as a way to promote another show, another either show. If it, whether it was a new show or just, hey, this one needs help. And they would remove stories that, for example, you would have to watch Legends of Tomorrow. Even if you've never watched Legends of Tomorrow and you're watching Arrow, you now had to find Legends or Supergirl or, or some other flash. shitty CW show on the app because you wanted to finish the story. That's bullshit. Yes. I don't think they're going to do that with these. No. I and, hope uh, not because even like, okay, so the people that don't watch it right at the time, the people that watch it later or maybe catch it later, even a yeah. year later, that would make it really kind of fucked. And, and, yeah, it'll probably be more like, uh, they'll probably do this more like, let's say, how Marvel handled the Netflix uh, shows where you had Daredevil, you had Punisher, you had Iron Fist and Luke Cage. And each of those series worked on their own. Fantastically, too. Yeah, you can. You don't have to watch the other one. But then they had Defenders, which was a series that brought all their stories together. Now, if you decided to watch Defenders, you'd probably have to watch all their shows. But if you didn't watch their shows... Why would you want to watch Defenders anyways? Because literally the culmination of all their stories put together. That is more or less what it sounds like they're doing here. When they say that this is going to lead to a, it's going to culminate into a climactic story event. 
I have a feeling that this is going to be handled like that, that there's going to be the Rangers, then there's going to be Ahsoka, then there's going to be um, Mandalorian, all doing their own stories. And if you know what to look for, you're going to see those connections. You're going to see those those ref, those references, and you may even have a guest star show up. Yeah. But each series will stand on its own, and then they'll have this one special event release where you'll get the the, the complete story probably. It's probably yeah. what they'll do. And also, like, the comparison of CW, I, I hate saying this because I never want to badmouth anybody, like, just what? in general. Like, say, for example, when we it comes to... We badmouth people all the time. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> I feel bad saying that CW is the worst writing on television. No, it is. Why do you feel bad? Don't... <laughs> Listen, David, if someone sucks at something, it's okay to say they suck. <laughs> But, but there's a difference between bad writing and then the good writing that we're getting right now, say in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. right? If things go as bad as like, you know, like what you and Raina are worried about where they're, they're going to say, oh, I have to watch this and watch this, watch this to understand what's going on in this. That's a bad writing in my opinion. That is just bad writing. As yeah. long as they have good writing and good a good cohesive writing room, like what me and you have been harping, harping about have a freaking writing room. Which- yeah. I, I think we're over talking this, but I, I do agree with you, Dave. Like, I think I, I don't think they're going to do stuff like that. They're not going to yeah. write this like a comic book story. They're not going to write it badly. It would be silly for them to do that. It, it's going to be no different than any other star Wars series. Honestly, it's no different than say the Andor series that's in the works as well. Hey, listen, do you need to watch Rogue One to know what's happening in this series? Not really. Not this really. is a prequel. Yeah. But if you watch Rogue One, you'd kind of see those little foreshadowing moments. And you'll get a, a, a better, you'll get a bigger outlook at the whole story by viewing Rogue One with Andor. Yeah. All right, Dave. So moving on to Lando. Everyone's favorite scoundrel, Lando Calrissian, will return in a brand new event series for Disney+. Plus. Now, again, an event series is basically a miniseries. Yes. So it's not going to be ongoing. Uh, Justin Simeon, creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People and a huge Star Wars fan, is developing the story. I hate when they say huge Star Wars fan. What have you watched, bro? Oh, the originals. Did you read any comic books or books or any audio plays from the 90s? Do you know who Thrawn is? No. And that's the thing. Then you're not a big fan. You liked three movies 30 years ago. That's the thing. I hate nowadays when people use the firm. I'm a big fan of this franchise, so I can work on it. No, that's a terrible way of looking at if it. If I was Lucasfilm, if I was like Kathleen Kennedy, I have like uh, 10 questions. I'm like, who's Darth Plagueis? <laughs> You'd make it super hard. I'm like, oh, dude. I, no, I'd make it easy. I'd like, I'd pick a few things from the expanded universe. And then a few things from things we're working on, on the comic book side. A couple things from the book side. And then stuff that you should know. If you are a fan of Star Wars. I'm like, okay, so who's the chosen one? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like knocking it, it, it would be 10 it'd be a questionnaire with 10 items there. That's it. So 10 questions. Dave, that's all I would ask. I'm like, "Okay, listen here, Justin Simeon, if you're if you're such a good Star Wars fan, who's Baylart Valance?" <laughs> 
What's the Tarkin initiative? Hmm. Oh no. If he got the B-Line for Lance thing, I'd say, never mind. You don't have to answer any more questions. No, you're, you're with me. But <laughs> he would get a point in his favor. But if he doesn't know like who Dr. Aphra is and I like, come on, dude, then you're not a star Wars fan, bro. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Is it, can we, can we say that people that are huge fans? Okay, great. You're a huge fan, but in order to be a true star Wars, I don't know, advocate, creator, you know, director, writer, they have to be a Star Wars nerd because a nerd would imply that you read the comics, you read the books, you have what toys. What are you trying to say there, Raina? What are you trying to say? Like, I'm proud to be somewhat of a nerd, a Star Wars nerd, okay? I got that under my belt. I'm not a huge, I'm not allowed to be a huge fan yet because I need to finish Clone Wars, so. <laughs> well, my point is, though, like, typically I would say that's not true. Like, you can be a fan of something and not know all the nuances and still create Absolutely, a fine project. Yeah. But. So far, if you look at the history of Star Wars, everyone who hasn't completely had an immersive experience, they have not really delivered the the best products. Solo, a Star Wars story, was received favorably by the elite Star Wars fans because it delved into territories that we've always wanted to see as Star Wars fans. Yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily Solo that made that movie great. It's everything surrounding solo it's the story that framed solo's origin story is what was interesting the crimson dawn aspect the crime syndicates it's things that we've heard about alluded to in books and and even in clone wars and yet and, and yet that movie wasn't great at the box office but it's because of you know circumstances and things because of last jedi and the bad press and publicity that just left a bad taste in everyone's mouth but then now look at Mandalorian helmed by two people who are completely immersed in star Wars. Yeah. They know the ins and outs. Uh, Favaro is such a nerd that uh, he's talking about things that George Lucas doesn't even know. He said, nerd, he said, nerd. I did. And Filoni is essentially George Lucas. Let's be honest. He's he, just the more humble version of George Lucas. Yes. He's he's the George Lucas fanboy. So when it comes to Star Wars, I feel like you need to truly be immersed and understand the fan base. And I've said this before in numerous shows. Uh, you know, there I've had interviews with showrunners, one in particular that has said, "No, you shouldn't listen to fans on social media. That's not how you write a TV show or a movie." But that's different. He's all, "But if you're doing your job the right way, you will already know." what they want you will already understand what you should be writing there that's that's, so and that's why it's important to pick the right so we'll see if justin simeon does great i am again very open-minded i'm hoping we get a parallel story godfather 2 style but we have old lando and young lando almost like that book uh was it final shot Yes, final shot. We get young and old Lando. That would be awesome to see Billy D. Williams and Donald Glover. So, and also it'd be a little, it would make me a little more excited for the series. Cause honestly, I'm just, I love Solo, a Star Wars story, but the part I liked the least was Lando. Yeah. I'm- and the reason why I know that's blasphemy to so many people, cause that's what people loved. But to me, Donald Glover wasn't performing necessarily. It wasn't a portrayal of Lando. It was a parody of Lando. 
It, he was pl- trying to be Billy D. Williams. It came off as a parody. It didn't come yeah. off as him trying to make a role unique. It was him parodying. It's no different than the people on Saturday Night Live that want to mimic uh, an actor's mannerisms. And that's how it comes off many times. And it just felt awkward. Yeah. I blame the director for that. Simmer down. That's Ron <laughs> Howard. <laughs> but but here's the thing. But you know what, Raina? You're actually Raina right. Raina's... Uh, Par, uh, partially right. No, no, she is right, actually. Like, listen, if the d- director was okay with him being a parody, he should exactly. have said, hey, play it like Lando-esque, but be your own character. Just like Chris Pine played Kirk in the 2009 Star Trek. Give us those little moments that show us that you're playing the William Shatner-inspired Kirk, right? But also be yourself. Be yourself. Make it your own. All right, next one's the Andor series. That one has me really excited. We've known about this one for a while now. Yes. But we do have more information. We do have a release date. The nail-biting spy thriller created by Tony Gilroy is set to arrive on Disney Plus in 2022. So just about a year away. Diego Luna will be reprising the role of rebel spy casting in Andor from Rogue One. I'm really excited about this one. Another series that can potentially cross over into the events of Lando, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Easily. 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 Uh, Once again, evening out the overall Star Wars story and really filling in the blanks. So, great news on that one. I'm very excited. Tony Gilroy is the gentleman that did come in and take over for Gareth Edwards when Rogue One was having issues on set. And according to numerous reports, uh, Kathleen Kennedy and the Disney execs were not entirely happy with some of his work. So they called Tony Gilroy to finish the movie and do extensive reshoots. And I don't know about you, but I was one bit of information about Andor that I was really surprised with was the fact that their budget is much larger than Mandalorians. How do you know? Because during the teaser, they were mentioning about, about all the stuff that they that was going into the budget. They were talking about stuff that was for more or less feature films. We know Mandalorian was very smaller scale. Well, they did right? have a high budget as well, just not a feature film. Not budget. a feature film, uh, feature film not, budget. Not even a Game of Thrones budget. Yeah, yeah. But like Andor. During the teaser, they were saying like their budget was much larger than Mandalorian. But they were still using not only the technology of Mandalorian, but they were putting stuff that normally goes into a feature film. Yeah. And I was like going, this is going to be like a cinephile's dream. They're probably going to pick their their battles, Dave, kind of like Mandalorian. Like, all right, we'll do a little bit of a smaller episode here and then much bigger when it's really needed. So it'll be interesting to it'll see how really they interesting how they do it. The next one is the Acolyte. This is something I'm very interested in as well. Uh, Leslie Headland, Emmy Award nominated creator, the mind bending series Russian Doll, brings a new Star Wars series to Disney Plus with The Acolyte. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high Republic. So we're jumping into the high Republic era. Yes. It's not going to just be a property for books and comics. We are officially taking the live action into that era as well. And I couldn't be happier about it. 
especially since Leslie Headland is an amazing talent. And if you have not watched Russian Doll on Netflix, you need to. Oh, absolutely. It's a kind of a supernatural comedy a bit. With very dark tones and a lot of heart. Really well written. It'll be interesting to see how they take that style and put it into the Acolyte. Dude, dark side powers. Are we (laughs) we talking play just here? That's what I was actually really excited about. It also is the fact that the Acolyte sounds like it might actually delve into one of the biggest mysteries that we as Star Wars fans always wanted to know more about, which is the Darth Plagueis. It also deal with the rising dark threat that was talked about in Jedi Lost during that era. What happens if like one of the stories, dude, actually connects to the op- uh, to the story of the opera scene? Remember the opera scene in Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. When when Palpatine is talking to Anakin and he's, he tells him about the tale of Darth Plagueis, what if they take that tale and put it into, in, into the Acolyte? Yeah, it could work, Dave, especially if now because of Rise of Skywalker and what they did, we don't really know how old Palpatine really is. That is true. So That is very true. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, Star Wars The Bad Batch. We already knew about this one, but it has been officially reconfirmed. The series follows the elite and experimental clones of The Bad Batch, first introduced in The Clone Wars as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of The Clone War. Members of Bad Batch, unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possess a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers. Now, one takeaway, Dave, from this trailer that they dropped on us, which is awesome, by the way. Yes. Uh, Finnick is in it. I was surprised about that. Yeah. Finnick is in it. I don't know how they're going to make that work because, yes, in real life, she's 50 some years old, the actress. So I guess it could work. Is she playing a 50-year-old in The Mandalorian? She sure as hell doesn't look like a 50-year-old. But they can make it work, especially if, what is it, 19 years between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope? Yes. Roughly? So Roughly. We don't have a date on this. The animated series will arrive exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Honestly, I think this is the first one we're going to be getting. I think so, too. And I'm actually pretty excited about this because this is another creation that Filoni and Lucas worked on that's continuing on. We all thought that basically all the Clone Wars stuff was done with the final season of Clone Wars. That was it. But no, we're going to see some Nothing's of the... ever done, David. Yeah. I'm beginning to realize that after yesterday and finding out all the news that... Nothing's ever done, done, Dave. Nothing is ever done. Disney will gape our asshole. <laughs> Even when we've had our fill. We're like, I can't take it anymore. I'm done. They'll just like spread it even harder. Yeah, they'll spread it even... F- exactly, David. <laughs> And you then, will take these extra two inches. And then they'll make us felch ourselves. <laughs> is, is that a thing? It is a thing, right? It is a thing. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you Star Wars fan over there, I want you to felch this Star Wars fan. Then you felch this one. Just create Aww. a big, giant human felching centipede. <laughs> Drink Aww. up. That's what they do to us, Dave. All right, we got to move through these last couple here pretty fast. So not a lot of thoughts, please. Okay. The next one is Star Wars Visions, presenting all new creative takes on the galaxy far, far away. Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators. 
The anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios. This could be fun. Yeah, this could be kind of like the Animatrix. The next one, a droid story. As Lucasfilm continues to develop new stories, the intersection of animation and visual effects offers new opportunities to explore. Lucasfilm Animation will be teaming up with Lucasfilm's visual effects team to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney Plus, a droid story. This epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by legendary duo R2-D2 and C-3PO. And I'm sure Anthony Daniels will be voicing C-3PO <laughs> since he has no fucking career outside of C-3PO. Pretty much. Other Lucasfilm stories. This is exciting. Lucasfilm is currently in pre-production on the next installment of Indiana Jones, which will be helmed by James Mangold. That's amazing. That's amazing. And also, David, are you ready? Yep. Willow. And yes, I am very excited for Willow. <laughs> I actually am too. <laughs> I hate to say it. I hate to say it because Willow is so... Why do you hate to say it, David? Is that your thing tonight? Willow, I hate to say it, boss. Because Willow is one of those movies that is borderline bad. It is. It will do that. Only have you gone back to yes, watch I it? I have. I told you. It didn't <laughs> age well, but still. It doesn't age well. Yeah. All right. This does bring us to... And end. We don't have time to get into our other topics. We are at our hour mark. I want to thank everybody for listening. Look, keep your eyes open for future discussions. We do have some things on George Lucas we want to get into, as well as an upcoming Bounty Hunters discussion on Bounty Hunters number six, as well as our ongoing Mandalorian breakdowns. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you, Reyna. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. <laughs>